0: Previously on Geeky Powers. Mine's very easy, right? Because I just want equality. They're all social justice matters. Why? Because we don't get saved, right? Femicide, ICE, especially with hysterectomies, uh, teen suicide in schools, child trafficking, domestic violence. They're all very female, very dark social justice issues. Why? Because, we, like
1: I said, we don't get saved as females, unfortunately. Um, so I can have superheroes that save us. Today on Geeky Deming Powers. I had a, I had an event where, you know, we always have that one turning point where, you know, superheroes decide, you know, to become that person. And so for me was one of my students, um, their father was deported. And so they lost their father and, and he didn't have that. He was losing his male role model.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and I mean, and I told him, well, you know, with, with, Between these classroom walls, you know, I I'm your father, I'm your role model. And and so, and I thought, okay, well, you know, he he needs he needs he needs books like a puzzle hero. He needs that. He needs that story, just to represent right. And and so I decided now's the fuel, ignite, you know, ignite the ignition and and I release. El at webcom on July 27. You are listening
0: to Geekdom Empowers, the podcast about people empowered through their geekiness. Welcome back! My name is Guy and you are listening to Geekdom Empowers. Geekdom in Pals is the podcast that highlights creators and fans in the geek world who do not often get to be highlighted. It's these people, it is us, who make up almost all of the geek world. By talking to each person, by hearing their stories, Geekdom in Pals creates a huge, giant, world-sized quilt, mosaic quilt of the geeks all around the world. Each person is a story, and together we are one story, one huge geekverse quilt. Today's guest is Hector Rodriguez III, American creator of the El Peso Hero comic book. This conversation, as you could tell from the opening, is emotional. It is what he is trying to do is a powerful attempt to empower children and adults through the power of the superhero. In his last adventure, at the time of uh, recording this, El Peso went to Ukraine to help there. Uh, with the Russian invasion, in case you're listening from the future and you don't remember. And the conversation about that, too, is amazing. So let's listen. Can you talk about the, the, the uh, pictures behind you, the panels behind you?
1: Oh, yes. These are uh, uh, covers from my comic book series, uh, El Peso Hero. Uh, It's about a Mexican-American superhero, vigilante hero that is based in the uh, Texas and Northern Mexican border area, uh, dealing with a lot of uh, issues of immigration, uh, issues with uh, social issues with discrimination, as well as a lot of uh, culture between both sides and a lot of history. Spanning about 500 histories of that area, too, with, um, you know, Spain, Mexico, uh, uh, Texas, United States. That uh, history has been colonized, has uh, melted in together. And so it's when you think about westerns, you think about that area. It's southwest Texas, northern Mexico. Um, You know, he's kind of a... uh, Vigilante hero. This the comic books are a way, kind of a Western uh, neo Western noir, too, dealing with him fighting uh, criminal organizations, cartels in northern Mexico, and as well as some of the social dynamics with um, United States and Mexico, with dealing with immigration.
0: We can get back to it. Okay, so.
1: oh yes, <laughs>
0: um, we're going to go through the journey.
1: Uh, oh yes. Can I, you talk-
0: no, I asked about that. Uh, what are those uh, action figures to to decide?
1: Oh, here in the right side. No, I'm actually. And so yeah, so I'm a huge kaiju fan, Godzilla fan. And so this is where I work. I have, uh, you know, I I have my bases. I have uh, Godzilla figures. I have comic books. My son of, you know, I kind of surround myself with, uh, you know, just make geek them fandom. You know, just just what I love. What I you know it's my inspiration you know and it's definitely something that really drives me to you know kind of a a little bit of everything
0: (laughs) nice so let's go back to the beginning what is your origin story
1: my my personal origin story i i was born in um eagle pass texas which is a border town of texas and uh and it's based about two hours away from San Antonio, kind of a a Rio Grande with the river that runs from north all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico. And so that um, Southwest area is is where my family's from, it's where my history's from, is um, I have, um, you know, I I have a deep background, my my family history is uh, Spanish and Mexican, history spanning over 500 years of you know colonial like colonialism you know um the, a lot of the uh, missionary missions around the southwest you can to, trace uh, the, your family
0: back 500 years, yeah
1: but yeah up to 1600s yeah wow so it's it's the old all you know back when um yeah spain was um colonizing the uh, northern oh. mexico southwest yeah
0: so I have to ask you about that. Yes. I can, you know, I know, I know like a few decades, a few generations back in my family, but I can't trace anyone, five hundred years back. So part of your family came from Spain, part of the colonizers. Mm -hmm. Part of your family, was part of your family actually uh, native?
1: Uh, Yeah, I have some native. Yes, definitely. um... I'm about 20% native, Um, Lipan Apache, which is uh, a, a tribe from, yeah, from the Southwest North of Mexico. There were a lot of tribes um, as well. Um, And so it it just, uh, how do we trace? Well, it's through a lot of uh, the, the Catholic church had um, through a lot of, you know, there were record holders um, as well as some of, I have some some second third cousins that are really into the uh, they're more closer to the indigenous side and so we're related through that um and also you know because in mexico it's it's a lot of folks you know mexico has the mestizo you know basically you know spanish and indigenous and so it's yeah, a, yeah so that's that mixture of of European culture and the native culture, especially once the um, Catholic church was in, in in Mexico, they did, they, they had a way of blending, you know, in taking some, you know, just uh, adopting, you know, adopting, having the uh, native population adopt some of their personal um, uh, religious Aspects to Catholicism. I'm not say marrying that, but you know, almost being okay with some aspects, and so, um, and it's it's this really rich ta- uh, tapestry, too. Um, yeah. But it's 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 interesting, right? It's been six six hundred years, five hundred years, six hundred years in yeah. Mexico dealing with that. Um, and so, you know, the, some, some parts of my family are older than others. Um, my father's side is older. My mom's side is newer, um, 1800s um, from, you know, directly from Spain, from Basque, northern Spain. Um, I have some French. I have uh, uh, Portuguese. You know, it's, it's, you know, all Europeans are a mixture of a lot. But but, um, but I'm mostly, mostly Spanish, like over over 50 60
0: percent i gotta ask because i don't know this part of history yeah But the church the church what what did the church like did they write down who was born and who their parents were even Uh, if their parents were were not accepted by the church because it was some kind of uh, mixed thing
1: right so baptism marriage records Mm -hmm. uh were, were held by the church too um and, and some of the older, um, I think, uh, county, you know, it, usually the church was the record keepers, but they were really holding on to the baptism and and the communion and, yeah. you know, the religious rites that were pretty dead on. Um, and so I also have, um, you know, through in the United States, we have a thing called Ancestry.com, which is, you know, you kind of a genealogy uh-huh. tool, right? You check your DNA. And so even though my I knew just because my, my dad is our, you know, local, ge- our family genealogist, you know, and he keeps records and, you know, it's just interesting, right? Knowing who you are, yeah. where you come from, you know, if you don't know who you are, somebody else is going to tell you who you are and who are you, what you are. And so I think heritage is very important. Your history is very important. You know, because it's it's it kind of grounds you too, Uh you know, it it makes you very humble too of your who those came before you, those that struggled, um as well, you know. And so with our us in the United States, uh we're um pretty recent. Um, you know, my my family um has also um have uh, have participated in American military, United States, um, you know, World War II, pretty big uh-huh. uh, fighting in the uh, Pacific, specific theater. Um, one, um, one family member fought in Europe uh, too. Uh, and so, and, and so things like that, you know, it's, it keeps you, keeps you ground, it grounded, keeps you humble. And it's just history always interested me.
0: Yeah, it's 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 fascinating.
1: It is. <laughs>
0: you know, two generations ago, you know, people like my grandmother talks about her 100 year old grandfather chopping woods in you know in Poland in Europe. Oh
1: wow, that's amazing! That's amazing! Wow.
0: So anyway, <laughs> let's get. No, we can go on. We can have a whole show on the street. (laughs) So, you grew up in Texas? Yes. And is, again, all I hear is stuff on TV. So, were people nice in Texas too? Uh, Uh, You know,
1: it's interesting, right? Because, you know, Texas is, Texas has been, uh, has, has been longer, has most more history of Mexico than it does with United States at this moment in time.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Right. And so it's, it's been with Mexico longer than it has been United States. Um, And so with Texas is a, um, it's a very diverse state with a lot of resources, um, a lot of uh, varied um, uh, temperatures too. Um, and so it's one of the things that I mean, Texas. There's a lot of pride in Texas, a lot of history, um, a lot of uh, industry too, um, and it, it's it's always fluctuated politically too as well. And as of right now, it it does lean more uh, conservative. Um, it also has struggled with some of the changing demographics as well, um, dealing with the increased Latino population more so from Central America than to Mexico as well. Mm -hmm. And so you see the Texas population will be majority of Latino descent and they they estimate about uh, 10, 15 years from now. And even though the uh, student population, it's already more latino it's over over 50 percent for the student the, the the children's student population elementary primary um being more so latino and so I, i'm bilingual i'm spanish and english and so for me um you know being bilingual it's it's a, it's always been a strength you know even though and and you know, in in America, in United States, when I say America is United States. I know it's very America is a lot of countries. Um, United States, um, yeah, it tends to be more of a monolingual country, and and with great pride in that, which is completely ignorance, I think <laughs> if they could only, you know, knew how the you know love that the whole world is multilingual and multi-bicultural and and so on. Um, but it, it, Texas is there's a lot of um, diversity in the way of, of political thought too. Diversity and and a lot of big urban centers. Um, it being uh, Houston, being Houston, Texas, being the fourth largest American city. Uh, you have Austin, Texas, being the capital. You have the Dallas-Fort Worth area, which is a big metropolitan. Uh, two big cities that are just a lot. Um, San Antonio being most southern and so a lot of diversity and in a lot of yeah i mean it's just it's very diverse state
0: okay <laughs> so you grew up in texas right like i'm tracing your origin story now so yeah how did you get into like the geeky side
1: yes um definitely you know in li- living in the border um you know, I, I had a great opportunity because my, my mother's side is from Mexico, Mexico, like Northern Mexico. My, my dad was born in the United States, Amer- American. And so uh, I had a great chance of, um, you know, consuming a lot of um, Mexican movies, um, a, lo- a lot of uh, anime that was been uh, imported you know, from Japan to Mexico, from Latin America, translated. So, um, you know, a really great thing about in Mexico in Spanish is that they, they had a huge, um, yeah, a lot of anime was imported and, you know, translated, dubbed in Spanish, you know, before it was ever popular in the United States, too. So I had that in a lot of uh, Mexican cinema, a lot of Lucha Libre, which is Mexican wrestling, too. And, and so I had that, so heroes, people that I look up to, um, there were a lot, you know, especially consuming a lot of Mexican entertainment. And also the, um, a lot of older Mexican movies, which Mexico had the uh, golden age of cinema in the forties when um, the um, Hollywood industry was very occupied in war efforts. And the they were making less movies and so they kind of leaned over to mexico for uh, the cinema and so that's why a lot of they mexico had a huge resurgence of investment and in, in actors and and movies they were producing a lot during that time what um, kind of
0: movies were in the
1: golden age oh yes a lot of um uh it was you know it, for that i'm drawing back to my some of my <laughs> my, my cinema history um Uh, For for that, it was uh, musical numbers, uh, a lot of, yeah, a lot, you know, movies with, you know, romantic themes. Um, And and later uh, you had uh, this luchador called El Santo, El Mascarado de Plata, which is the silver mask uh, luchador that he was the first wrestler to go from, uh, wrestling in the ring to actual cross pollinating to cinema, and so and so he was the and not also that, but he his movies were trans, were dubbed in English, and also he produced some English speaking movies. So this is uh, late forties, early early fifties. So, El Santo. Late forties, so we already had sound, right? I don't
0: remember. The
1: right for, for El Santo movies, right for, for the for the luchador, right? So I love watching El Santo movies luchador so he would be a detective you know uh-huh. um and then he would uh f- be in the ring you know wrestling and then there were other movies he would fight dracula or War- the well man and so um uh, and so yeah he was to me he was my number one hero growing up and then you had other wrestlers the blue demon blue demon uh mean mascaras and so and they would have uh, you know they would have sons you know the multi-generational families and it's still going on as right right and so
0: well what do you mean it's still going on really?
1: yeah they, they have uh right now you have el hijo de santo you have Santo jr you know they still wrestle they still uh out there promoting their own. so
0: what so it's it's the same like serious like this is his son this is his
1: oh yeah. That's yeah. The it's the same. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it, they're, they're not so much making movies now they're, they're still wrestling. They're just mm-hmm. wrestling. Right. And that, and, and also my, my father was in the military and so he brought in a lot of Mad magazine movies up, uh, sorry, comics, magazines, yeah. Mad magazine. Uh, yeah. He was a huge geek himself, um, you know, watching Star Trek um, and, you know, reading Captain America, Sergeant Rock, um, and so I, I had that geekiness. Oh, I'm gonna get. I'm yeah,
0: gonna, go I hear something and I get stuck on okay. it. So of the okay. superheroes uh, that you're reading, like the one you're reading was Captain America. That's what you're saying.
1: I was reading uh, Mad Magazine. Mad, Mad Magazine, Mad which is a kind of satirical anthology of. Uh, comic book strips, you know, and and one artist in particular really caught my attention was uh, Sergio Aragonés. Yes, I know. Yeah, Spanish-Mexican.
0: He also did a comic book called Groove.
1: Groove, yes, correct. Still very incredibly uh, popular. Yeah, very uh, monumental. uh,
0: no, I want to get stuck on Captain America for a sec. Yes. You read Captain America at the time?
1: Yes, I did, or early on. Yeah.
0: And because Captain America was always about uh, nationalism, hey, you know, he tried to, you know, it also did some different things you know the black captain america forcing people to you know to be right uh to to stand up to to figure out you know where they are and where they stand and trying yeah. to push people forward but it is about being nationalistic and being very poor american and at the same time the things you talk about are also about you know my origin story which was some of it you know i'm this type of american but i'm also i came from another place uh, and I find that very interesting that you, that is the thing you were reading when you were young.
1: It was, it was, ba- it was uh, you know, it was available and I like the, um, you know, growing up, I, you know, I, I it was, a, you know, I saw myself, you know, I wasn't too much keen on, you know, it was, you know, we, we used to watch a lot of World War II movies growing up to a lot of military, you know, my, my dad was in the military. So my, my dad was, you know, and I would play with toy soldiers, you know, the plastic ones and, and and so, and so, um, I somehow I, I wanted to, you know, be there and and fight bad guys as a kid, you know? Um, and later on, as I, as I'm educated myself and I see that, you know, Captain America fighting fascism, authoritarianism, um and and later on it just evolving right and so it's it's something that you know with El Paso Hero uh within the books I do have a want to say an antagonist or a, a a complicated um opposite of El Paso Hero because El Paso Hero Ignacio Rivera which is the name Ignacio um He's more, he's humble, he's more, uh, you know, just, just doing what he can in a very possible situations. you get more, more grounded. And so within that story arc, you have El Grito, which is Mexico's national superhero, which he is more nationalistic. He is, he represents more of a political party and, and, and more of the um, internal classism, of mexico and and so you have these two you know two opposites you know within the story and, and so things like that i i i would reflect on this extreme nationalism right because we have some i feel yeah. there's some extreme nationalism uh i mean in all countries ha- have that and you know there's nothing more being having some pride of of your your country, you know, especially watching a football, a soccer match, <laughs> you know, and and, and so it's it, but there's some moments we take it to an extreme where we start impeding other against other people's rights, and mm-hmm. and, and and so for me, you you, I had I have those conflicts within the El Paso Hero books.
0: Yeah, that's see, that's one. We found one origin. Um, okay, so now you're growing up. You're reading comic books. Uh, what happened? What is the next step in your geek origin story?
1: Yeah, you know, I um, we moved to central Texas. We went from the border to Central Texas, which it was the border was more uh, you know, la- Latino. Um, yeah, it was the majority, it was multicultural. multicultural so I spoke both languages and um, we moved to Central Texas, where it was more, um, more Caucasian, um, more Anglo-Saxon, um, and and to me it was a culture shock. Uh, to me, it was like in a different country, you know, um, being in a classroom where I was the only kid and Latino Latino kid, and my bilingual, and but one great thing about. Where we moved was that there were dedicated stores for comic books, comic book stores. And so for, for me, that was, uh, I, I loved it. Something that I, I love going, I still do. Um, something that, you know, I, I, that I always look forward to every Friday after school. My father would take us to go buy, buy comic books. And, um, but I was so not so interested in Superman, Batman comics. You know, I, I would, yeah, I would just be reading other things like Aliens versus Predator. I, w- I would try to start collecting the old Godzilla comics from Marvel Comics from the late seventies, and so, uh, you know, and but the the, the following the the mainstream. Comics. Uh, I was more close to. I, I love Spawn. Todd McFarlane and Spawn. Myself. Uh, it was cool having a African American hero. Seeing that, you know, in the the way Todd McFarlane drew always caught my eye, my attention. You know, he he was a very grit, loose. You know, in kind of. I, I love how he uh, draws Spawn, and I love how he portrayed. The city. And so, and it was, it would take, it would totally elevate, he would elevate the stories of comic books, the narrative to a whole different level. And, and, and it was amazing that it was, um, that Al Simmons was the protagonist for that, and that, a, a minority for uh, African American um, protagonist, That was cool. Um, and this is in the 90s. And, you know, and so I always wanted to have that that representation, you know, even though Latinos have been represented in comics before, you know, uh, you have, uh, especially artists, George Perez, George Perez, you know, being one of amazing uh, influence in in comedy cool, you know, reading, um, you know, picking up Crisis of Infinite Earths and seeing that very detailed art. And he was really great in drawing big, massive, splash pages with a lot of characters. Uh, and it, it was it, it was cool seeing you know that representation, but I really wanted to have a superhero that represented yeah, like you know my origin story, like you said, you know my origin story, my my background, my very n- uh, niche area of history.
0: <laughs> and so, when did you start
1: creating? I started writing. El Puzzle Hero, 2003. Um, I was visiting my grandparents in the border, and my grandfather would, you know, tell, share these stories, these rumors about a, these uh, ex-special ops guys from Mexico that were trained by Mossad, by, that were ex, you know, they were trained by American um also and, and so these guys broke away from the mexican military and created a criminal organization too and so that my wheels were turning you know it's like I'm like wow so the, okay so so it be amazing if there was a superhero in the border you know fighting this criminal organization right and i'm like you know my and then I, from there on, i started writing you know and and I always loved. Oh, I haven't always loved to draw, you know. I always um, grew up drawing, and even you know, I would take a lot of the art classes I would take when I was in in high school and later in college as well. And so I would. I was. I I, I started writing a year two thousand three, and I was developing it, and it didn't come out until. July 27 2011 Dang. A long yeah. Time. yeah it is it is and so I went through college you know I would work on different art projects and I would always have a pencil here in the back burner developing it and you know I was always like almost like having an ace up your sleeve and there's nothing like it there there there's there there was nothing like it in in the comic book industry um even though there there was one chick, uh, mexican-american um artist independent artist named javier Hernandez, creator of el muerto from california
0: he was on the show
1: one of the first yes guests. yes oh oh excellent yeah and so he It was, um, I reached out to him when I was in college, 2004, because uh, El Muerto definitely caught my eye. I'm like, wow, there's a Mexican-American Chicano doing what I would have loved to do, and he's doing it and being very successful, uh, because I remember seeing El Muerto in a, a comic book of El Muerto in my comic book store in North Texas, and and I asked who, who was what was that? Or who was that? And then I researched online, and I found Javier Hernandez on, on MySpace, and and from there on, I he was very open because I would ask a lot of questions about his process and and so on, and and we've been friends ever since.
0: It's great, it's amazing. He's a very nice guy, you know. Talking to me is so so nice. Oh <laughs> right, so, so, yes, it... so you got his uh, so you it took you a long time to do it and then what did you once you had it, did you try to go to uh did you try to go independent, did you try to sell it to Marvel and DC or what?
1: Well, for me, I think the best course of action was because I wasn't gonna I was I I know that, you know, and I was educating myself too about the industry and, and just, this was 2008, 2009 and, you know, I was, I was still buying comics. I was buying a lot of, uh, I was following um, Image Comics, Walking Dead a lot. I was, I would always follow the big event comic books um, in the, in the summers. Right. I, I was just go from, from hopping around. And so I actually, you know, I, I do collect comics. I do, have, I have like four long boxes i have a backlog of different books and so on um and so with my collection i surprisingly just because i do catalog everything i i have uh, the most i have the most comic books i have are batman comics i have batman comics and i <laughs> uh that was in my that's the most after that is I, superman um and it's interesting because I, it's not that I specifically following those books. It's just because it's with the story arcs that have always caught my attention. I, Justice League too, I have a lot of just, and uh, it's it's DC comics and afterwards it's uh, image that I, it, it may be because the narrative arcs of DC has always caught me, my attention. You know, and, and I've also followed, you know, like some of events, I'll, I'll, I'll follow the big Marvel events like Civil War and, you know, and, and the House of X, you know, or, or, you know, some X-Men stories. And so I hop around, uh, but it, it always seemed that when it comes to my narrative style, influence has been DC Comics, maybe, maybe yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, Specific, specifically Batman, which is funny. Um, so, because of that, did
0: you try to sell to them? Uh,
1: no, then? I did not. You know, it did not. So, I was writing a lot. And so, uh, I started, I, I released El Puzzle Hero as a web comic, uh, July 27, uh, 2000, just because of the um, accessibility popularity and and it was like anybody that has a story that has the ability and for me i was and i was okay artist i was an okay writer and i had this really great story i want really wanted to share and so and and, you know and i had that but it wasn't until um 2010 i became a educator a teacher in the dallas area and And so I had a, I had an event where, you know, we always have that one turning point where, you know, superheroes decide, you know, to become that person. And so for me was one of my students, um, their father was deported. And so they lost their father and, and he didn't have that. He was losing his male role model. Yeah. And, and, I mean, and I told him, well, you know, with with between these classroom walls, you know, I I'm your father, I'm your role model. And and wow. so, and I thought, okay, well, you know, he he needs he needs he needs books like a puzzle hero. Right? He needs that. He's, he needs that story just to yeah. represent the solution, right? And and so I decided now's the fuel, ignite, you know, ignite the ignition and and I release el puzzle Hero as a webcomic july 27 uh releasing one page every two weeks for about a year and it wasn't until um in may 2012 where i i launched the uh first actually here first uh el Puzzle hero comic mm-hmm. that's, that's the so, first issue that's the first issue 30 Basically. pages yeah. yep my very first run, um, I only have like three left <laughs> that I kept. <laughs> and so, and I, and now you know, and I've, I've had very variations of it, you know? And so, and, and, and so, yeah, it was, you know, it was, I, it was, it, you know, and, and doing the web comics was a lot of fun because I was heavily involved in that and that scene, and I was, I educated myself a lot and network a lot, you know, and learn about the format, about those that had came before me, learning about the space. Cause I think that's very important as a artist to educate yourself on the space you're working as well as not working. And, you know, and at the same time, very, being very humble um, if it's something completely new. You know and you're learning the most you can from everyone else and so it was a webcomic and i was yeah, gathering a following and and i started doing comic book shows early uh 20 yeah 2012 and people were asking if they could have a printed version of the comic and i'm like am yeah, well, i actually yes uh once i reach twelve pages i can print one out independently mm-hmm. and I launched it May 2012 at Houston's Comic Palooza and I printed uh, 500 copies and they sold out it, it was just it was success and I was you know a lot of people were very hungry they were very interested in the, the character um, and I haven't stopped ever since we're a little over 10 years now
0: <laughs> it's amazing and and how, how how have you developed the character over time like were you responding to things like uh the kid uh lost his father or
1: um i was you know i i, I when i write up as a hero i write about the story arc ahead and, and so for me I always started with the end of my, in mind, right? There, there were some moments where the current events would mirror my comics and, and then I would adjust accordingly. Like, for example, when we, when I wrote uh, I did issue one I, I did issue one all by myself, you know, and then issue two, and then by issue three I and then by then, uh, 2012. Well, the end of 2012, 2013, here hero went viral, and we got we got a lot of press ups the first time. And i I made it a I made a creative decision to hire artists, so that way I can just focus on the writing and I can yeah. keep producing and keep delivering content because of just like any art form, either be music or art, that that you need to be consistent in your delivery of content. Um, you know, I if not, then people will forget, people will lose interest. Um, and also, that's a lot easier if you love what you're creating and if you have a story to share. But uh, I, I made that creative decision to hire artists. And so by then I was doing Aisha 3 and then I started to develop The Origin Story, which is a three book story arc before issue one. And from that world, I was developing these mini anthology books between each story. Um, and it, it started with El Puzzle Hero, Boulder Stories more of a anthology of a reflection of the border, um, either it'd be a puzzle hero um, protecting minors from crossing the border or, you know, something about the uh, detention facilities in, in the border. And I've, I've written one story in particular where I was writing about a place where a Plus Hero breaks into one of those detention facilities to rescue people out. I wrote that 2014-2015 mm-hmm. was developing, and it wasn't until uh you know candidate Trump became president and yeah. he he the, he his immigration policy was uh more um more extreme where uh instead of adults being detained, there were children and family separation policies mm-hmm. were being taken place. And so those changes, I had to adjust my original story to better reflect the realities. And so, and I released that, I, and that was from El Peza Hero Borderland, which is this cover right here. Um, and, and that was released 2018, 19 and, it was, and again, it went viral because of the, the story.
0: So there are two stops there where it went viral. Can you talk about how it went viral the first time?
1: Yeah, no, I can tell you. We want. I can tell you all the moments we've gone. in. most re- recently with uh, Puzzle Hero Ukraine, Um and you know, we it was 2013 when viral went Univision, which is a, a Spanish speaking uh language network in the Americas. Mm-hmm. Um it they did a story on El Paso of Hero, and it also won a lone an Emmy. It won an Emmy. Um, the story won an Emmy and from there on it went viral, which it it was being um the Latino superhero that was protecting immigrants. Wait, what um, one did
0: I mean? The comic book? Comic books?
1: Be no, the, uh, the story, the, the, the story. That Univ- the generation did a interview with me and did a story on El Paso Hero. Oh, okay. I see. And, yeah. And and it went viral. And, and then it was in the United States. It was in Mexico. Mexico. Um, Uh, Canada, uh, Spain, Uh, there was an Italian article. That was 2012, 2013, and then we um, went bigger viral again. We would have these different stories that would pick up on Puzzle Hero, right? But the the next biggest one was summer 2015 when uh, candidate Trump Announces cansey and he, when he did so, he insulted the Latino community, and so we've we've never been, um, we've never taken a political stance on anything, you know. Our stories have always been a reflection of the world, that, and so you know we 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 had, we've had um, fans that are from both political philosophies. Uh, but in this case, we've thought we thought we needed to take a stance against the negativity, the toxic negativity coming from the candidate, presidential mm-hmm. candidate. And I, I, I thought about a homage cover, of which is of Captain America, punching Hitler by Jack Kirby. And instead mm-hmm. of that, we've replaced Captain America with El Paso Hero, and Hitler with Donald Trump. And so that cover, which was a alternative cover for El Paso Hero Border Stories, um, that cover went viral. Um, and then another, that was one, 2015, and then we went viral again for El Poso Hero Borderland, the detention facilities. And then we went viral again for the El Poso Hero The Essentials, which is during our COVID issue about the essential workers in 2020. Um, and then recently with the um, Altozo Hero in Ukraine. Yeah, let's
0: talk about uh, what's happening right now. Yes. And uh, not about you, but about El Peso. In Ukraine. Uh, what did you do there?
1: It's um you know and it's narratively within as a Posa hero and and i'm speaking as a you know as a creator writer um with the arc you know um uh, there's always been a a a piece of a Posa hero where he always wanted to do good do the common good mm-hmm. then he could right and so in this case um with the developments in in Eastern Europe, uh, I was very disappointed on the actions of the Mexican government. I'm not taking a more stern, righteous action towards the invasion of Ukraine. And so even though Mexico has always had a a neutral stance with a lot of world um, events, more so, um, depending on which political party was involved, it's at, at the moment. But in this case, it was a humanitarian crisis as well, and and I felt that as a Mexican American, that that if Mexico's president wasn't going to take a stance against the Russian invasion, then the Mexican superhero puzzle Hero would so would, but go and help for humanitarian reasons as well protecting Ukrainian citizens. and and you know it, it, and, and I, it was a very bold move just because we our stories have always involved the Mexica, Mexico and te- Texas border. but in this case, with within the narrative, El Paso Hero is requested help to rescue a Mexican cross, Red Cross worker, even though he himself is doesn't want to get involved in global issues. That and, and it comes from that a lot of the mentality, physical of, of that 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 you know that's their problem. We're just too busy with ours. And you know, as global citizens, I feel that. We need to do everything we can to help our brothers and sisters in need, regardless of where they come from. And so the tools that I have I have as an artist, as a creator, is for comic books. And so in this case, the Mexican superhero is out in Ukraine and defending um, uh, Ukrainian citizens from uh, Russian Russian invasion and so himself seeing this and, and seeing the the cruelness of, of war as well um, within that the story arc um, there is a uh, chemical attack too near the end uh, which he witnesses and that story, I, I I did the art myself. There's some stories that I, I as a creator, I I'm like I, I need to do this for myself, you know. I need to do the art. This was one of those cases where I did the I did the book myself, and I did a cover with a puzzle hero lifting, um, like with T sixty two or one of one of the Russian tanks, from, you know, lifting it away from. Uh, Ukrainian citizens running. Um, and, and it's interesting because it's a, it's a, it's a superhero involved, which we, we see, we, you know, you're, 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 we're used to seeing maybe Captain America or, or, you know, Superman, you know, in these situations and these people, but having a Latino superhero, not also that it, it speaks toward the fact that we're more than a niche, A of of community of creators, you know that our heroes can also stand in a, in the global stage of, for humanitarian needs, not just the um, the uh, Anglo European. You know, just e- even though Superman is, I think he's more of a Jew, he's more Jewish than anything else. <laughs> he's more Jewish than anything else. Yeah, then it's Why Superman definitely. Yeah, Superman is Jewish, and so. Um, You know, it's, you know, that Latino uh, superheroes are, are, can be put on the global stage for two minutes or in recent. You know, yeah, and of course, we've gotten some pushback, 100%. You know, that's just the the nature of the world.
0: (laughs) It's interesting. Is there, um, what do you you expect the next few years to look like from... uh...
1: Well, um, I I, I plan on releasing a a new book, um, which is part of the story arc. Not to say that Ukraine is not, but just because I I I always I know some of my more uh, left way left leaning fans are like, well, you know, we never saw a puzzle hero in Syria. We never saw a puzzle hero in Palestine. We never saw a puzzle hero in, in you know, in Yemen or in Somalia. You know, I'm like, <laughs> you know, it's 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 one of those things. Well, I, within my arc, there is a moment of time where, opposed to serving the greater good in the global scale, but unfortunately, I, I, very unfortunately, I had to do this right now, and it's in Ukraine, um, in Eastern Europe, and, and so. Within the I, I plan on continuing the story, even though we we just finished the first story arc, which took us 10 years to do. And we have this uh we just released this big collector wow. volume, 408 mm-hmm. pages. And wow. so the the complete story arc and, and uh, we we plan on here's one of the yeah, so this one was as you can see (laughs) that's the cover that 2000 right right. and so yeah uh uh, some people took it too seriously you know (laughs) uh yeah so we plan on releasing the next book called el peso hero uh la guerra de los sicarios la guerra de los sicarios el peso hero sicario war um it is, it's going to be, it's, it's fun. It's a lot of action. And that's going to be our jumping point to the new story arc. That's going to take us to the next couple of years. of so Puzzle Hero. So we have that. Um, we also have a project in Burbank, Bur- Burbank, uh, Burbank, Hollywood with Mucho Mas Media, which is, um, we hope to um, have more news on that on Puzzle Hero. Uh, project Media Project, and as well as the book, the project in Hollywood, uh, and you no, know, just just continuing, you know, writing, creating more books. You know,
0: yeah. Is there anything uh, you wanted us uh, to cover that we didn't cover?
1: Uh, no, it's very broad. No, it definitely covers a lot. <laughs> cool yeah. very nice
0: thank you very much well, thank you so much for having me thank you so much to Hector you can find all his links in the show notes next time because there's always a next time always more geeks we talk to an American comic book creator living in Taiwan and writing about Native American myths stick around for that now what did you think about this episode email me Guy.Hasson, that's H A W S O N at GeekdominPals.com. The website is GeekdominPals.com on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. The handle is at Powers on YouTube. Search for Powers. If you want to check out my other podcast, The Squash Buckler Dies podcast, uh, it's an experiment in fantasy about a girl living in her father's dream and we follow her from birth to death. Check that out. It is daily The Squash Buckler Dies. I will see you next time, and for now, have an empowered day.